Hello again. I'm Terry McIver, Editor-in-Chief of Contracting Business, welcoming you to a new episode of Talking Air Care. This podcast series goes beyond the box to explore how HVAC contractors can differentiate their businesses by caring for the air in their customers' homes. Joining me as we continue the conversation are Tom Casey, Chief Visionary Officer at Griffin Service, and Jessica Bazzi, Air Care Contractor Program Lead with Owens Corning Air Distribution. Welcome, Tom. Thanks, Terry. And welcome, Jessica, and thank you both for joining us on this episode. It's great to be here, Terry. Thank you. In our first episode of the series, we talked about getting to the root cause of problems that lead to air quality issues in customers' homes, including problems with attic ductwork. How do problems with ductwork lead to problems in customers' homes, Tom? Great question, Terry. You know, there's two primary pain points customers can experience as it relates to their ductwork, and one of them is the quality of the air, and the other is the the pocketbook issue, the economics of paying for utility bills. Issues with the attic ductwork can uh, cause lots of problems when it comes to the quality of the air, uh, and this directly will impact the ability for the customer to enjoy their home as well as their comfort. But the ductwork does also create another type of discomfort beyond just the actual temperature and humidity levels and quality of the air. It will also create higher utility bills if there's problems. And that's certainly a big topic on the minds of a lot of people this time of year as we get ready to head into heating season and those high heating bills. Ductwork issues can contribute to different types of problems depending on the seasons. Allergies can vary season to season. And so can humidity problems like too much humidity in the summer due to ductwork issues or not enough humidity in the winter due to ductwork issues. But the higher utility bills uh, are a pain point in both seasons. So peak cooling and peak heating is going to drive those utility bills up to their maximum. And your comment about energy bills brings up a point. A report by the Energy Information Administration recently warned that nearly half of U.S. households that warm their homes with mainly natural gas can expect to spend an average of 30% more on energy bills compared to last year. And an article in a major news outlet offered consumer tips like getting an HVAC energy efficiency tune-up, which we were glad to hear about. But what else can the contractor do to tackle the root causes of higher energy bills? Well, it's good news that they are recognizing that the the best prevention uh, is to take care of things, keep them running properly and safely. And I saw that report too. The thing is in that report, there's a lot of best practices and things that you can do like, you know, window coverings and stuff like that. But I think those are really more band-aids than getting to the root cause. You know, we live in our house. Do we want to enjoy our house? We want to use it the way we want to use it in our terms. We want our house to feel good and look great. And as we talked about earlier, better to get to what is the cause and strategically address and make permanent improvements. And that means not just keeping you know air from leaking in and out, but also keeping conditioned air where it's supposed to be, getting the right air through the right ducts in the right place. And it's like uh, the old keep the bad air out and keep the good air in. Air is constantly moving in and around the house. There's holes, there's gaps, there's cracks. That's all just part of the building process. Some are better than others and some are worse than others as far as how air leaks. Our job is to make sure that we get the the right air to the right place, and we keep the bad air out. So related to problems with the duct work, Tom, are holes and leaks in an attic just a natural part of a home's aging process? 
Absolutely. Um, not, not so much aging, I would say, but it's part of the building process. So when a house is built, you have all these different tradesmen coming in. There's carpenters, there's framers, there's sheetrock guys, there's plumbers, there's electrician. And basically the whole is assembled like a tinker toy set. And so there's going to be cracks and gaps and holes and things like that. Some older homes may have more tendency of that. Codes today make things a little tighter. And by code, of course, you know, we mean the minimum allowable standard by law. At the end of the day, we're in the air conditioning business, right? It's air that we're paying attention to. And we've got to make sure that we focus on what's going on with that air. Too many contractors nowadays I see are focused on the boxes and they're doing the cut and swap and they're, they're not taking into account what the original situation was. Ductwork of yesterday doesn't match energy efficiency systems of today. Customers may put a new system in, but they're connecting it to old ductwork. And a lot of times I just question, what else in the house? Literally nothing else they would upgrade would they reconnect to old things. They're redoing a kitchen, they're redoing floors, they're redoing anything. It's a complete renovation to bring things up to standard. And unfortunately, when it comes to ductwork and the attic, that's rarely the case. There are problems with the envelope, of course, that impact ventilation, holes, cracks, gaps. There are problems with insufficient insulation, absolutely. That affects how much the house gains heat in the summer and loses heat in the winter. And the other one that happens in almost every attic in America is there's stuff in the attic and we send tradespeople up there to do work. And so through the years, they're walking in and out, crawling in and out, running wires, running pipes, doing things or the homeowner storing things up there and the insulation gets damaged and it just kind of gets knocked out of place year after year after year. So nothing is at the standard of which it was when it was originally built. And so there's a lot of attention that can be paid to those things uh, as we're work working on making the house more efficient and more comfortable. And the quality of the original system installation can also play a role, correct? Nailed it. The most important date on any mechanical system is the born on date. That's when it was installed. Was it installed properly? Was it sized properly? What are the deficiencies there? Because that's the best it'll ever be. And so if it's installed right from the beginning, nothing's going to happen, but it get worse. And the, the challenge there is in many parts of the country, uh, we're having the lowest paid, least experienced, newest people to the trade that are getting paid on piecework or some other type of incentive pay that incentivize them to move faster, not slow down and do the job right. So the original installation starts bad, it's not gonna get any better. And then imagine connecting new, better, more efficient equipment to it. A lot of people uh, might say things like, they don't make them like they used to. And my response is always, no, they don't. They make them better than they ever did. We just don't install them like we ought to in this industry. So that's a very good point. The original installation is key and what we're seeing is about two thirds of the homes we work in, the original installation is not up to par. And when I say, when I say that, what I mean is when we measure the airflow, two out of three systems we measure don't meet the minimum amount of airflow per the manufacturer's instructions. Low flow kills systems, low flow kills comfort, low flow kills utility bills. If we don't move the air, remember we're in the air conditioning business, if we don't move the air, we can't deliver the comfort. Because after all, what's actually providing the heating and cooling to the house is the air flowing from the ductwork. So if we don't get that right amount, 
right condition, right cleanliness out to the right places, we don't have comfort and efficiency. And related again to the home's HVAC infrastructure, what do your technicians do to assess the integrity of that HVAC infrastructure? Another great question. And I think uh, it's gonna come down to good old common sense. The first thing we do is just talk to the homeowner, find out what their issues and concerns are, what they're trying to accomplish. Uh, once we fully understand what's going on in their house, don't forget they live there. They probably live there for years. They sleep there, they eat there, they have holidays there. They celebrate birthdays there. Um, nowadays they work there more than ever. So they know what's going on. So let's talk to them, let's find out. Once we know that, then we go and inspect everything. We can't get a handle on anything. We can't understand anything without getting up in that attic and climbing around and getting our eyes on the ducts, the insulation, the air leaks, all the things that make up the house itself. Once we've got eyes on and we know what's happening, what's what the original install was like or what has happened through the years, then it's time to make all those calculations like load calculations, duct calculations, and see what the house needs. What's the house telling us it needs? And then got to connect some dots. So at that point, we've talked to the customer, we've inspected everything, we've done our engineering calculations. Now we connect the dots. How do all these things relate to each other? And then my favorite part, sitting down, educating the customer and basically saying, here's what you said, here's what we saw, here's what we calculated, here's how it all impacts what you're trying to accomplish. Here are some options. Here's what some other customers have done in your shoes. What should we do? What makes sense? What would you like to see? And yes, those are all things that contractors should be doing. But Tom, are most taking the time to do so? Well, I would say, regrettably, and also excitedly, 90% probably aren't. Regrettably, because it's our industry and we should take more pride in craftsmanship and being that, that excellence, being legendary in what we do. Excited because nine out of 10 aren't, which provides a huge opportunity for the 10% of us who are doing the right thing. So it kind of depends on your perspective a little bit, but uh, no, most contractors, the vast majority are not slowing down to take the time. They're more like, what's the existing box size? Does the new box fit? Swap the box and get out of Dodge. Wow. Let's talk about another vital part of the contractor's job. That is balancing the human side of the business and the supply of available labor. Tom, how do you balance add-on services like attic retrofits while still taking care of the urgent service needs that arise every day? Well, it's a great question. Again, you know, all of us operating a business, the, the service business is kind of like an emergency room, right? You've got different patients coming in for different things. You could have somebody come in who needs stitches, you can have somebody coming in with a heart attack and you've got to prioritize what to take care of first um, and triage those situations. And insulation or attic renovation or duct renovation may not be that heart attack in the middle of summer or in the middle of winter, but certainly it's a big deal and it's gonna lead to a heart attack. So we've got to address it. Um, you try to keep your technicians out of the attic in the peak of hot summer weather as much as possible. But here in the South, you work in the attics every day. That's just where the ductwork is. It's just part of the job. Uh, so we do try to do things that make sense, that help, help load our technicians properly. Um, if we can do all of it at the same time, that's the best thing for the customer. We're in the attic already. We're fixing ductwork. We're changing systems. We're upgrading attic insulation and sealing things. 
all at once, one and done, less disruption for the customer, more consolidated work and projects for the crews. There's some efficiency in that and staging and setting up safety and things along that line. However, in that triage mode, or sometimes in a consideration mode that the attic's just too brutal right now, we also will shift and stack some jobs for shoulder seasons so that we can pre-sell and pre-book the off-peak times when it's gonna be a little cooler, we're maybe not quite as busy, but it's a blend of triaging the customers right, delivering what's right for the customer and the company, and caring for the technicians that are gonna be working up in there to make sure every one of those areas is hit and taken care of properly. Another question that comes up a lot during fall and spring cleaning times, Tom, is what about cleaning the ducts? What advice do you offer when a customer asks about having the ducts cleaned versus replaced? Well, duct cleaning is a case-by-case -case situation in our world. The first rule we live by in almost everything we do is do no harm, right? That's the, the doctor's mantra, do no harm. So we're probably going to ask a question to start out with, which is, why do you think you need to have your ducts cleaned? Generally, if the customer is asking about duct cleaning, they just didn't wake up one morning and go, you know what we're going to do today? We're going to get our ducts cleaned. What an amazing fun day it's going to be. So something drove that. We have to understand what's going on first. It's kind of like putting those window treatments to, to lower utility bills versus actually fixing the problem permanently. So duct cleaning is a, is a, is a good service in certain situations and some, some systems and some customers, it's the right solution, but it goes back to the old prescription without proper diagnosis is malpractice. And I think uh, in our trade, we commit malpractice more than I'd care to admit as an industry because we don't slow down to learn what's going on and ask the right questions. So it's a, a case by case based on what the customer is trying to accomplish. What if they have a thought that cleaning their ducts is going to solve their allergy problem, but their allergy problem is created by a leaky attic or terrible ductwork. All we're going to do by cleaning the ducts is make the problem worse and put ourselves in a position for having an unhappy customer. So let's slow down. Let's ask some questions. Let's really try to serve the customer with what's right. And, and that's how our approach to duct cleaning is. And we do it, by the way. So it's not that we don't do it, but I will tell you, we probably turn it down or redirect them as much as we do clean ducts. All right, excellent observations. Just as energy bills fluctuate, so do the housing markets, Tom, and we've been in a hot housing market for a while. So how can investing in the unseen parts of a home, including the attic, add value for buyers and confidence for sellers? Another great question. You're full of them today. Listen, the, the hot market, or if it was a stagnant market, it's kind of two sides of the same coin. So when you have all these houses flying off the shelf, how does a seller position their house to be the most attractive one and a buyer make sure they get the best one for their money? Well, there's got to be something they can do besides just check the appraisal value of the house. So they have home inspections. They have all these things. Well, certification becomes a real differentiator in this market. So Every realtor is going to say what they got to say to sell or to buy the house. And every contractor is going to say whatever they got to do to sell their product. Uh, used, used to have a saying that said, if all you have is a hammer, everything looks like a nail, right? So what gives this buyer and seller this independent third-party confidence? Well, it's going to be some type of certification that is independent of everybody else. Like it's database, fact-based. 
And that is a huge way to get confidence in that I can list my house and command more money than my neighbor, or I can buy this house and I'm willing to say I'm getting a better investment. So if you have two houses side by side and one has an upgraded fixed attic, one has a ductwork that's proper, one has a system that's energy efficient, and not just that it looks like it, but it's been certified and there's documentation, wouldn't you pay a little more for house A than house B? I would. I think most people who yes. are contemplating spending hundreds of thousands of dollars on their dream house to raise their family would as well. We partner with Pearl Certification for that, and it's a third-party independent thing. They communicate directly with the customer. They go right to our database and pull our, our jobs, uh, and they qualify everything. It's an amazing uh, way to give the buyer and the seller, and quite frankly, our company, the peace of mind that we're doing really good things for everyone involved. Well, as we wrap up today's conversation, Owens Corning is also wrapping up several contractor events and meetings. Jessica, how are contractors responding to this program? There is a lot of enthusiasm, Terry. We're, we're very excited about the response we've seen from contractors, particularly with contractors who really take pride in their marketplace differentiation. Tom, obviously being a phenomenal example of, of that, you know, one of the best in the business. We're hearing a lot of technical questions as well. You know, they want to make sure that they're doing the duct work correctly, approaching it from the right angle. Like, yes, I know that this is a great add-on. I should be doing it. How do I make sure I'm doing it the right way? They understand the whole home approach, the importance of this. And so we're working with them to move beyond kind of the theory of it and onto the technical considerations. And yeah, just a tremendous response. A lot of contractors um, interested. And so, you know, this isn't a pay to play situation. So we vet every contractor that, that comes to us and, and shows interest. So we've put together an outstanding cohort and always looking for new contractors, looking to expand. So definitely if any contractor is interested, the first stop is, is visiting our website and that's owenscorning.com slash aircare. Tremendous. And speaking of questions, I get quite a few questions via email, also at trade shows, and sometimes from folks I meet when I tell them that I'm the editor of a heating and cooling publication. And since we have a great contractor expert in the house today, Tom, I'm going to ask one question that will probably sound familiar to a lot of our listeners. There's always that tension between tightening the envelope to support efficient energy use and achieving proper ventilation. At this time of heightened focus on indoor air quality and rising energy prices, how do you talk to customers about caring for the air? Well, it does come up quite a bit, and a lot of contractors reach out to me and ask me questions. And my response regarding tight houses is they're like the great white buffalo. When you find one, take lots of pictures, document it, because you're not going to find them very often, if ever. The process of building a house just is, it's so hard to make a tight house. So ventilation is critical, uh, no doubt. And there has to be adequate ventilation for combustion appliances, got to be adequate ventilation for air quality, for moisture control. And the thing about ventilation I like to do is have people think about there's two types of ventilation. So let's talk for a second, ventilating the house. Ventilating the house, usually the number one challenge is not that there's not enough ventilation that the house is too tight. Usually there's not enough adequate exhaust of sources of moisture. So the number one problem in the house typically comes down to be the bathing, the bathrooms. You take a shower, the room steams up. That's your first clue that you don't have enough exhaust. 
you leave the bathroom, you flip the exhaust fan off, and all that moisture has to go somewhere. Well, it goes into the house, creating a moisture problem. So getting the right ventilation in the right place is probably the biggest concern with ventilating a house. Uh, of course, there's the unintended ventilation of leaky ductwork where you're bringing air in from bad places and you don't even know it. So fixing the ductwork, sealing the ductwork, that's critical. All those far and away trump too tight of a house. Now, air is always moving around that house. So it's a matter of making sure it's good air from where we want to move it. It's conditioned, it's filtered, it's humidified, it's dehumidified, uh, and it's not bad air leaking in from outside because we have ductwork problems or house problems, things like that. The second place that people sort of mistakenly blur the line in ventilation is attic ventilation. Similar to a house, an attic can be underventilated or overventilated. And in the South in particular, this is a big challenge. It, rarely do we see an attic that's underventilated. Uh, and it's kind of counterintuitive to most folks, but we want to keep the attic as hot as possible. And we have all those ducts in that attic, and we want the attic as hot as possible to prevent other duct problems with ducts, condensation, sweating, microbial growth, things like that. So the dilemma is, how do we keep the attic as hot as possible and still not impact the house? Well, it comes back to exactly what Jessica's program does. It's about insulating the attic floor as much as possible to keep the hot in the attic and the cool in the house, then fix those ducts so they're hung properly, supported properly, and sealed properly. And then you have the perfect balance and you're not worrying about over or underventilating. The attic's proper, the house is proper, and everyone's happy, everyone's healthy, everyone's safe, and we're saving money on our utility bills. Excellent insights there, Tom. Well, our time is up, and I want to thank Jessica and Tom for joining us for another episode of Talking Air Care. We look forward to continuing the air care conversation in episode three. And for any listeners that have a question, feel free to drop me a line at tmciver at endeavorb2b.com. That's T-M-C-I-V-E-R at E-N-D-E-A-V-O-R-B-2-B.com. And thanks again, Jessica and Tom. Thanks, Terry. Thanks, Terry.